Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is about sex. If you're faint-hearted or easily offended, you might not want to listen. But you should. Join me, Tracy Cox, and Kelsey Chittick as we share honest and real sex advice on this award-winning podcast. Tracy is an international sex educator and author of lots of books about sex and relationships. Kelsey is a podcaster, comedian, and author who is getting out of her comfort zone both in the bedroom and in these conversations. Each week, we answer three anonymous sex and relationship questions sent in by you, our listeners. And nothing is off limits. Here's Sex Talk. So, you got the care parcel with all the toys. I want to know how many have you tried, Kelsey? Well, thank you, Tracy. And and good afternoon and good morning to me. Nothing like starting off talking about sex toys. You know what? I did try the G-Spot whatever, whatever, whatever. She worked beautifully. I'll be honest. The wand vibrator? The wand vibrator I got into also. I'm just Mm -hmm. worried. Like, I I don't want to desensitize everything. You can't. That's a myth. Are you sure? It's a myth. Yes, it's absolutely. Of course I know. It's a myth. (laughs) You can't desensitize yourself. You can, listen, if you only ever have an orgasm with a vibrator, that's not great because you should have orgasms all sorts of different ways. Otherwise, your brain gets very used to that one, like, path that that it travels along. So mix it up. But so long as you're mixing it up, it's absolutely fine. No, I I went to lunch with a girlfriend and she was like, well, now that you're on a sex podcast, I can't have an orgasm anymore with my boyfriend because I am using a vibrator all the time. And I was like, oh shit, am I qualified to answer this? And I was like, relax. Well, I did say like, if you start to get there, you might want to put it away, like tuck it under the bed for a bit, you know, give it, give her a break. Yes, that's true. Good advice. Thank you. Yeah, just give it a yeah, just just give it yeah, give it a give it a miss for about a month. But it it would be what's happening up here. 100%. Um, it's more psychological than there's no physical evidence at all that using vibrators desensitizes you. But it does get you very used to having quick orgasms. So you have to be a bit more patient with your partner. No, I think that's so true. It, yeah. Because then, and then I feel like if you're in a real life situation, you're like, oh my gosh, this is taking too long. And then your brain kicks in and goes, well, maybe this isn't going to work. And so that's why yeah. you, it's important to take a break from that. I have not tried anything else because I don't have somebody at this moment to try them with. Okay. Well done. That's But good. I'll be looking, I'll be looking out for that person. I, I just don't know how early I'll bring in the hand job stroker with the new relationship, but we'll see what happens. The okay, bondage we'll keep kit. Back. Yeah. The bondage kit that you sent, that's going to have to be a special friend. I haven't mm-hmm. met that person yet, but I look forward to it. We'll see how that goes. And then the rest of the stuff, I just, first of all, I just want you guys to know when the box arrived, I wish I could show you a picture. I thought it was just going to be like sex toys. It's, I thought first it was Tracy on the on the packaging. Oh my God. Naked That's with a this compliment. Hot, naked with this hot guy. And I was like, damn, I'm, this co-host is amazing. <laughs> it turns out it was two people that were paid to be very sexy and very intertwined. But I didn't realize it was Tracy Cox. 
toys. And so I just feel honored because when I was little, I didn't know what I wanted to be, but I definitely wanted to be on a podcast (laughs) with someone that has a line of sex toys. So my dream has been answered. Here we go. (laughs) There is. Okay, let's get on with it. Okay, first question. My partner of six years and I used to have really good sex, but it dropped off considerably as time goes on. We used to be grabbing at each other all the time, but that disappeared, and now it's all too easy to let other things take priority. Would planning a day when we do it help us get back on track, or does it turn sex into something you tick off the to-do list? Right. Hmm. Scheduling sex works. Agreed. Let me tell you, I'm going to go on a big rant here to tell you why it works. And any couple who've been together for more than two years, this is the best advice you are going to get. So everybody, listen, I'm going to reassure you with some stuff, but I'm not just making it up to make you feel better. These are the facts. And seriously, just stay with me on this because this is very, very important for anyone who's in a long-term relationship. The first thing is that everyone struggles. It's not everyone else is having great sex, just not you. Everybody struggles. Now, the statistics are 30% of people or or higher, actually, of people in long-term relationships, and for this study, it was longer than two years, not 10 years, two years, are in what's called a sexless relationship. Now, a sexless relationship is a couple who don't have sex more than six times a year. So that's 30% of couples. So the fact fact is, if you're still even attempting to have sex and you've been together for a long time, give yourself a pat on the back because plenty of people just go, you know what, I'm just going to give up. It is normal to lose desire. You are not with the wrong person. We are not built evolutionary-wise to keep wanting to have sex with the same person. So there's nothing wrong with you. Now, the reason why most couples struggle long-term it's because they don't understand how desire works. And they are very, couples are very hung up on the beginning bit, right? They think that great sex means you've got to look at each other and really fancy each other or like, well, why don't I feel like sex is we haven't felt like it for ages. It must be something wrong with me or something wrong with him or, or whatever, or our relationship. And, you know, we should, you know, have one kiss and then be burning for sex. We're burning with desire and all this sort of stuff, okay? Now, this type of reaction is called spontaneous desire, Okay. So you see something and you want it. You're turned on before you're even touched by your partner. That's called spontaneous desire. Now, for women and for most people, in fact, it happens twice in two scenarios, at the very start of the relationship and when you are with someone new, okay? Now, the majority of couples, when they start having sex, they don't necessarily feel that spontaneous desire. Okay, and they think, and people think, well, you know, if I'm not feeling like this, this is a big failure. Okay, and that's when most couples think, I, my sex is bad. We're having really bad sex life because we're not wanting to rip each other's clothes off because we're not starting from this place of wanting each other. Now, the trick to having sex long term is to understand that in long term sex, we have what's called responsive desire. And responsive desire means that you only feel like sex when people are doing sexy things to you, okay? Now, this is really interesting. The majority of long-term couples start having sex from what's called a place of sex neutrality. In real terms, that means they start having sex when they don't feel like sex. Neither of them feel like sex when they start having sex, okay? Brilliant. Yep, but these couples are the ones 
that end up having satisfying sex because the responsive desire kicks in. They start off cold, they keep going, desire kicks in. And suddenly you've got this couple who are like, do we really want to do it? Not really, but anyway, let's give it a try. Yeah. End up having fantastic sex because they kept going and waited for responsive desire, not spontaneous desire. And this is where we need to change our mindsets and go, right, you know, we're not going to be ripping each other's clothes off. There's nothing wrong with us. But but by scheduling sex, if we make a time where we're going to start doing it and then get turned on and then have a great time, then we will start having great sex and it'll be regular sex. And this is to go, then I will shut up, all right? You're allowed a word in then. This whole knee-jerk reaction to what's wrong, you know, scheduling sex, people go, well, that's just stupid. Like, how do I know I'm going to feel like it at, you know, Friday at six o'clock? Listen, you're not going to probably feel like it at any time, any time at all. It doesn't matter if you don't feel like it. If you, desire is not the only motivation to have sex. If you say to yourselves, right, we're going to give it a go at Friday at six o'clock, you might end up having the best sex session ever because all you need to have to do is be open to being aroused. Right, you're allowed to speak now. (laughs) First of all, I love that. And I think all of my friends would love to hear that. And honestly, I I don't know that I've always believed that, but it makes total sense. And I can see that now because it's kind of like exercise, maybe. Like you don't want to do it. You're never like, oh, I can't wait to go to the gym. Some days you don't, you are, or maybe if you feel really good or you like someone at the gym or there's something else. But once you work out, you're always like, I'm glad I did that. But it took a little to get going. What I feel like in my marriage, it was I was always glad we did it. Yeah. And I always struggled with the start. Do you have any advice for that? You know, it's like, here's for me. Sometimes married sex is like in the daytime or you're sneaking it in. Like, I feel like I need a lot more darkness and a lot more mood, but I don't know that you can always get that. How do you get past that like awkward five minutes when you're married and you're like, you feel like, not like they're your brother, but you know, like they're yeah, like no, a best friend. Like, yeah, your brother. They're it's family. You go into your head and have a fantasy about something really hot. About Listen, 80% of couples, when they have sex with their partner, are fantasizing about someone else. Of course they are. Exactly. So that's what you do. You go into your head. And and also this this whole premise also relies on the fact that, you know, you you are open to being aroused. You need to be open to being aroused. And for that, you need time, Kelsey. So you're not going to be thinking, oh, this is great. I'll just let myself go with the flow. If you've only got five minutes and it's in broad daylight and it's it's a quickie, this doesn't work for that scenario. And it also rests on the premise that sex is decent when you have it. It doesn't work if sex is crap when you have it. So it's got to be decent enough sex that when you are having it, you know, the technique's right, you're having enough foreplay, for desire to build. Right. So it and, does rest on those two things. And I'll end with this because this is my new thing. I think the woman needs to have an orgasm first and then yes. the guy. because And I think in America we don't talk about that a lot, but I have experienced that so much more in the relationships I've had since Nate passed. And mm. I think maybe it's just the guys are older and they're more mature, but... The, the difference is when we don't have, when we're not just waiting for them to be done so we can get up and go back, but we know we might get something great about it, it really does change it. And it also, it makes you feel like you're taken care of as opposed to always being the one that's like, let me just lay here and be a receptacle of whatever. Okay. Well, exactly. And it shouldn't just be all intercourse based. And she comes first should be the mantra for everybody. Yes, absolutely. Hey, is she comes mantra. first. God, I love yeah. that. Okay. And it's the name of a brilliant book, by the way. If anyone wants to know how to give a woman great oral sex that's listening, it's called She Comes First and it's by Ian Kerner. He's a brilliant sex therapist. It's a fantastic book on technique. 
I think that's a game changer. Go first. I think it's. I think it's a game changer. I agree. Okay. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at Burrow.com slash ACAST. That's Burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Question number two. I am certain my partner watches porn, but he won't admit it to me. I made it clear at the start of the relationship that if I found out he watched it while with me, it's over. We have sex often, so why would we need to look at other women? I find it insulting that I am not enough. He knows I am on the warpath, so he clears his history and changes his password on his phone. I can't admit that I know this without admitting that I'm snooping. How do I get him to truly stop, and how will I know when he truly has? Oh, girl, you got yourself in a hot mess. Mm. You know, I'm sorry, I have to tell you this funny story about porn, which my friend told me that her sister was in the at home with her husband. She's sitting in the lounge room reading something on her tablet, right? And suddenly she hears this, oh, mm, all these like porny noises. And she's thinking, what the hell is going on here? So then she walked into the bathroom to ask her husband, you know, what, what, I don't know why I'm hearing all this noise. And he was in the loo watching porn and his ear pods were listed as a device on the tablet. So she was listening to him watching porn. I mean, they thought it was hilarious. I know I know a story that someone had their phone hooked up to a Bluetooth speaker oh, no. out by a pool. And what, they were having sex with someone else? No, yeah. and when they went to the bathroom, they turned on porn, but they were still connected to the Bluetooth. Oh. <laughs> Who was out there listening to it? A lot of people. Oh, my God. Why would you do that with a lot of people? Why would you go out and watch porn when there's a lot of people? Who knows? Who knows? It's so weird, aren't they? Anyway. Anyway, don't you think with this girl, I mean, the fact is you'll never know because it's far too easy to cover your tracks. And I would say look at this dilemma from another perspective and just don't worry about it. I mean, there's a million reasons why I'm going to stick up for that, but I really would say that. Do you have anything against porn? No, I mean, no. My, I, I don't... I mean, I think when I was younger, I was more righteous about it in the sense of like, I didn't like to have women feeling, I didn't, I didn't like that women were forced into that industry or didn't feel like they had any power, or maybe they had some type of sexual abuse in the past that led them Mm. to feel like this was where they could get attention. So all of that aside, I feel like the porn that we watch now or what, what I see on regular Netflix, you know, Bridgerton or things like just the shows now that we've talked about that are really People are butt naked on regular TV mm, these mm. days, and it's yeah. beautiful, and it's inspiring, and it's 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 educational for most of most women who didn't know that people were doing that or saying those things or acting like that. My husband watched porn, I'm certain, quite often. Mm. I mean, he was an athlete, and that's what that whole generation did. I didn't have a problem with it as long as it wasn't. I guess if it wasn't like 
violent-y porn, like yeah, course, respectful yeah. porn, porn that was beautiful, porn that some, I mean, beautiful. I mean, I, I can hear. I don't hear, think too many men watch beautiful porn. I can <laughs> I actually hear my husband course. and all his friends laughing, being like, I'll tell you, the shit we watched was not beautiful. <laughs> exactly. That's the only thing that I struggled with is I felt bad for the people doing it as if, Yeah, well, that's know, a moral judgment on that's porn, the, which is, you can get plenty of ethical porn now to watch. Yes. The thing is, though, I think she's fighting a losing battle because Same. 98% of men have watched porn. The other 2% are lying, I think. Forty percent watch it daily. Forty percent watch what? it daily. Yep. Sixty-five percent watch it weekly. Now, banning your boyfriend or partner from watching porn is not going to do anything. It's just going to make it even more appealing. And quite frankly, what he does in his spare time without you around is his business. So long as it's not he's not interacting with anybody, so long as it's not impacting on your sex life, it is up to him if he wants to watch porn. But can I just give a few reassurances here? Because every, you know, everyone thinks porn is really nasty and sinister. And all the studies today, and there are many, many of them, show that for most men, porn is just entertainment. It's just harmless fun. It's a way to sort of spice up a really boring day. There is nothing sinister about it for most men. There is for some men, but not for most. And, you know, why would he want to watch it? Because he has you? Well, because you're not there all the time. Because he, you know, you might not want to have sex when he does. And most of all, because human beings in monogamous relationships crave variety. And watching porn is a great way to satisfy that thirst for newness without cheating. So by denying him this, it's not healthy. It's not healthy. People need to have that outlet. I feel very strongly about that. And the other thing that is established beyond refute is that if your partner watches porn, it does not mean that they don't enjoy sex with you. It does not mean that you're not having enough sex. It does not mean that they find the person on the screen more attractive than you. And in fact, lots of the times, men particularly attracted to people that they don't find attractive. Right. It does not mean he even wants to do the things he's watching. It's just a little fantasy, a little escape. And I think she should stop feeling threatened because there's no need to be and stop snooping. Just lay it, just make peace. I also think it's a, like porn's a little bit, I mean, this is, I, I can see a lot of people disagreeing with this, but porn's a little bit to me like drinking. For some men, it's just, they can handle it and they can drink and they can, they're responsible and they can, they don't drink when they drive and they drink appropriate amounts and they enjoy it. It brings good things. And then some men, when they drink, they drink too much and it causes a problem in the family and it causes a problem out for safety. I feel porn is really awful really for young. Really good point. Yeah, I think that's a really good analogy, actually. Yeah, so it depends on your person. If, if he's like locked in the bathroom all day or you're not, or he's so, he can't have an orgasm anymore because he watches it or he's gotten so mm. dirty because he wants, he has to keep pushing mm. the envelope because what he's seen. I worry about porn with kids. Yes, absolutely. That's a huge thing. And I don't, I mean, that's another podcast for another day. Yeah. But so I, we're talking about adult men here who have an open an open relationship, not meaning with they can have sex with other people, but with their their partner saying, hey, I like to watch porn. I have no problem with that in the least. And I will no. join you if it's a nice one. If it's one. normal use and if exactly. it's regular porn and all that. I mean, there are so many ways that porn can go wrong and is immoral exactly. and, you know, there is. But I think the average garden variety exactly. man just does watch it the way, but good analogy with the alcohol because it is exa exactly like that. Some people can handle it. Some people can't. Some people know it's porn. Some people think it's real sex. Right. And that is a problem. And I tell my kids, I'm always like, just so you know, no woman ever moves that much. Like she's exactly. been paid. <laughs> Nobody does that. I just want you to know, like when you get married, she is not going to flip it, pop it, put it in your pocket like that. Like she's not going to be... Yeah. 
thirsty when you get home from work. And, you know, maybe in the beginning, I don't know. I've never met anyone who does that. But anyway, that's what I always tell my kids. I'm just like, and I, especially my son, like, don't get used to that because the first time you do it, it's not going to look like that. I promise. That's, see, this is, if only every parent was like you, if only oh. every parent was talking to their kids about porn, we would not have most of the problems we have today. I agree. Seriously. I agree that you take away the, when you make it, when you make it this thing that people can't do or can't talk about, then it becomes even more exciting for yes. the husband and the and the kids. So we just, I talk about it so much they don't want to watch it because they're embarrassed. I'm, I, I ruin it for them. I, I get ahead Good. of the game. Yeah. Okay. Last question. <laughs> I'm 34 and having real problems with relationships. I don't trust men at all, even though none of the people I've been with have ever cheated on me. It's because my father had an affair. The affair broke my mother and the pain and devastation it caused has left its mark on all of us. My siblings also struggle with trust issues. Any advice on how to get past this? Well, we should know, shouldn't we, Kelsey? We should know. Another thing that we have in common is that both our dads ran off with their secretaries. Right. And dad, if you're some for some reason listening to this, I'm sorry, but it is what it is. And yeah. hello. Well, mine certainly left me with all sorts of trust issues. And um, anyone who listens to this, I've talked very openly about the fact that I did struggle with jealousy. And I think the first thing this person needs to know is that you're not alone. I mean, I, how did it affect you? Did it leave you with trust issues? To be honest, it didn't. I don't know. I was raised also by my grandfather and my uncle, who were really big parts of my life. The, probably the men that I I, they can, I considered them fathers, and they mm-hmm. were such admirable stand-up people. And I also, I also think sometimes like marriages don't work, and sometimes people don't know how to get out of them. And sometimes the affair is the answer the way out, for yeah, them out. True, and my yeah. my dad and his wife have been married now almost thirty years, and they're very happy. And I think my parents would have been awful together. Mm. So my well, that situ- helps a lot, actually. My, actually, my dad is still married to her as well. So they obviously did it not just for sex. Yeah. It's quite funny that it was the secretary. Yeah. Well, I think, yeah. So I don't, I don't know about, it didn't make me feel like men were cheaters. It made me realize marriage was hard and mm. that I looked at the parts of my mom and dad's relationship and I just felt like their communication wasn't good and they weren't, it was, they were a match until they weren't. And I think that now that I'm I'm grateful for it, I don't know how I don't know how people unwind marriages gracefully very often. It's not easy, is it? I think I mean I, mine. You know, he is married to her, and they're very happy, and she's a very nice woman, and I completely understand why. But I do think that it for most people it can leave you with. In fact, there was a study that I found: eight hundred adults in the U.S. whose parents were unfaithful, seventy point five percent said their ability to trust had been affected. And I think that it's when your dad does it, I think that it's because he's the first man you meet. He's the first man you get close to. So you judge all men by him. And I think the lesson, one of the lessons that I learned that I've heard other people say as well is, is you learn that people can be thought thoughtless, yeah. like the thoughtlessness of my dad, like he had an affair regardless of the impact that it was going to have on. He just did it for himself. And I think that's not a very nice thing. I think that children always think that it's them, that somehow if you were more lovable, your dad wouldn't have done it because he wouldn't have hurt you that way, etc. And then I think you tend to think, well, there's that little part of you that says, you know, well, of course somebody's going to cheat on me because I'm not worthy. You know, there's that whole thing that all gets mixed up with this. Then you do the confirmation bias thing where you look for evidence that people cheat and there's plenty of it out there. And then you end up in the state that this, this woman is in. But can I just say, statistics are actually on her side because only 20 to 25% of married men cheat, women do as well. So that's 75 to 80% that don't. 
So you have to challenge this notion that all men cheat because it's not true. It's actually false. You know, not all men cheat. There are plenty of decent men out there. Tons. And I and I think too, this idea that being angry or if you're ever in a relationship where you are managing the other person or hoping they don't cheat, I would just exit stage left immediately because I think that would be a miserable. But the trouble is experience. when you feel like this, Kelsey, is you think everyone will. Oh, really? Every man turns into a cheater. And this is the first thing they tell you in therapy is they say, you have to keep saying to yourself, just because my my husband, just because my father cheated doesn't mean all men cheat. This man is not my father. This man is not my father. That's your mantra. Yeah. But the trap, and so if, if this woman says, this man is not my father, but hang on a minute, how come he keeps reminding me of my father? It could be that she's being drawn to these men who have the qualities that her dad did, a bit of narcissism maybe, a bit of needing ego stroked, and that's why she doesn't trust them. So the first thing I would say is look at your choices. Look at your choices. Like make sure that you know, you're, you, you, you're choosing decent men. She says that they're not cheating on her, but how does she know? And I think that When you look back, you get a better perspective. Like when I look back, I was jealous for so many years. And I look back now and I think, God, that person that I was so distrustful of, and I was convinced they were cheating on me, wouldn't have, they would never have cheated on me. I saw pictures of you. Nobody was going to cheat on you, sister. Don't be so stupid. I didn't look that great at all. But then I look back at other blokes I went out with and I'm like, oh, what were you thinking? Of course that guy was going to cheat. So she should look back and look at her choices. Is she making good choices? And when she chooses again, make sure, make decency the main thing that she's looking for. And it's easy to find out if somebody's decent. Do they come from a stable background? Have they got a good group of friends and meet the friends? Does the friend's view of him reflect your view of him? Is he where he's supposed to be? Does he call when he's supposed to call? Is he reliable? What's his cheating history? And then you kind of have to, you know, keep your eyes open, check all this out. And then you really have to take a leap of faith because the thing is, You cannot get anywhere in the world if you don't trust. If you don't trust, you will never form a healthy relationship. You will never feel safe. You will never feel loved. So you've got no choice, really. You have to accept that you have to do it. And the good news is you can learn how to trust. It's a habit. Take little baby steps. Make sure you trust, you know, choose people that are worthy of it. But, you know, you kind of have to. Yeah, and believe that if they do, you'll survive that and there'll be a lesson in it. But you can't spend your whole relationship waiting for the other shoe to drop. Take it from me. No. It's not worth it. It's not worth that. So if you love the person and they're honest, go with it and and take it day by day. And I think too, just conversating about it as opposed to coming from a place of fear, mm. I think that would help her too. Like sitting down and saying, listen, this is my past. So I get triggered a little bit more easily than other people. Mm. I believe you. I love you. But man, can you be really kind with my heart? Because I am a little bit raw in that area. So maybe other women could handle that, but because of what I went through, I can't. So can we take baby steps as I learn to trust you more and just keep Mm -hmm. the dialogue going? Don't be always wondering what he's doing. Just tell him, man, I'm always wondering what you're doing. I know it's not because of you. It's because of my history. How can I, we make this comfortable for both of us? Mm. And I'll tell you when, um, in the, you have to be at quite a good place to actually get to the place to tell somebody, because otherwise, when you're in that jealous, snoopy, mistrustful mode, you're thinking, aha, they're going to use this now. They're going to say, see, it's you, it's your problem. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not doing anything wrong. It's just you, it's your problem. So you can get yourself to this frothy mess, like you said, a hot mess of panic over, you know, if I let tell him that, then that gives him carte blanche to use that as, you know, and 
gaslight me and tell me that it's my problem. So it's a it's a big thing, but it's it takes years to get over it. But Listen, you must try. You must try. I can't I can't find. I'm I'm looking for a long term love, and that takes a, a full time job. How do people do? all of the other stuff. It would just, can you, just the manage, the time management, it just seems to be exhausting. Do you know I, what though, when you find the right person, it's suddenly easy. When oh, you, you're in the right time. I agree. And the right person, all yeah. of this stuff just becomes so easy. Yeah. And so that's why I don't think people have, I, I always think about my husband and I'm sure he would have loved to have been with another woman, but he was just too stupid to be able to figure out how to keep it all going. He was like, you think I could have time for another person like you in my life? He's like, I can barely breathe with you. Like another woman calling and texting me. He's like, that's a, that's a negative, you know? So, oh. all right. Well, good luck to her. I hope that she um, yeah, finds peace. Yeah, to her too. Yep. Just because your dad did, it doesn't mean it's going to do it again. Doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. And you don't have to trust everybody, but you don't have to mistrust everybody either. There is somewhere in between. That's right. All right. I think we've got three questions. Write your your questions. Send them over. Where do we send them, Tracy? Sextalkpod.com is a little thing that comes afterwards that has all the information for everybody. Perfect. We hope you guys enjoyed it. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. And rate and write lovely reviews about us. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Sex Talk. If you'd like your question answered on the show, send it to us at sextalkpod.com. So that's S-E-X-T-O-K-P-O-D.com. You'll find info about my books, sex products, and more sex advice at tracycox.com. And that's Tracy with an E. If you like this podcast, please send it to your friends and rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.